Coming up on Stu Does America, we have an extended interview with very funny and smart comedian Nicole Arbor. And the resurgence Drew Holden is here to discuss his new op-ed about the lockdowns in the New York Times. I'm not going to believe the Times actually ran this thing. Find out how to watch this show completely free at stewdoesamerica.com and stock up on some nice stocking stuffers uh, for Christmas at stewdoesmerch.com. As I said before, the wonderful Nicole Arbor is here in studio, so let's get right to it. Stew Does America. Happy to welcome back to the program a very funny person. She's named a top influencer to follow in 2020 by Yahoo Finance. That's because she does almost exclusively financial comedy. Uh, she's an honorary star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, has sold out shows all over the world. Nicole Arbor, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. Yes, comedy right. about finances. Yeah, that's yeah. you. You're, that, I, know is... you're, I saw your routine on bond prices. It was hilarious. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate really, that. Really good. Yeah. Uh, you are everywhere. Yeah. Which is cool. Tell if people who don't know you and have probably seen you everywhere, but don't know your story. What, how did you get to us? Well, I'd say in 2015, I stopped doing just the stand up kind of stuff and started making videos online after YouTube recruited me to be a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And then I took what they taught me, went my own way, started making videos mixed in the marketing background that I have and went viral after viral. I think that the last kind of over 80 viral videos, which is pretty sweet, and over a billion views in wow. three years. So, yeah, just keep it going. That's incredible. You said YouTube recruited you. Yeah. They don't just recruit anybody. What, where, uh, why did they not. recruit you? I'm funny. Well, I, yeah. I agree with that. But, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, just they, because they see you in doing stand-up, did they see you? I was on a show in Canada for years called Video on Trial. I actually helped start that show, mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of comics. Uh, MTV ripped it off us, called it g- girl code or guy code after, mm-hmm. just like the talking head, really quick cuts, that sure. kind of thing. Yeah. And it was our number one comedy show. And a producer I worked with there ended up working over at an MCN and then with YouTube. So he called and was like, hey, I think you would be great over here. And I was like, what is this? That's really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Now, as uh, America's only uh, Toronto Blue Jays fan, I have oh, an yes. affinity for Canada and Good. Canadian culture. Um, it, it's... Uh, it, it, like, it's interesting to see, you know, YouTube goes through and they find people sometimes. Usually a lot of it's, or, you know, just organic, right? It comes out, you, people just pop and they come out of nowhere. Yeah. You uh, did this. But I feel like if YouTube's going to select someone, yeah. they don't want to select someone with your viewpoint. Yeah, I think you're right. They didn't know I had this viewpoint. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, a female comic. That'll be cool. We don't, <laughs> right. You know, and then uh, they liked me until I started speaking honestly and telling the truth and swearing and mm-hmm. being me. Mm-hmm. So they, they wanted female comedians as long as they don't say anything important or touch on real issues. Right. That, that was my experience with YouTube. Really? Yeah. Well, you've obviously done really, really well on social media. You have huge following. Nice. Um, it, uh, what... <sighs> How do you see the world right now? Because I feel like we are in one of the strangest places. And, and comedians, I think, have a unique ability to kind of observe culture yeah. in a way that you know regular people can't. I think we are at the most exciting time in the history of my life, at least, it, like in the world. Mm. When everything is at like that boiling plate, you know something's about to pop off. Yeah. So I think great things are coming in entertainment, in comedy. The pendulum is swinging back this way. I've said it before. I just, I feel like everything is about to get really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and not swear for your producer. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they'll hate you. Oh, uh, sorry. No, sorry. Okay. no, it's all right. Wait, yeah. It's okay. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I, I feel like the, the, the mood of the country 
is does not uh, embrace your optimism. Like, no. I feel like everyone's depressed uh, to hell and thinks. I, I keep thinking, people saying, oh, "I can't wait for 2021 or 2020 to be over." Yeah. Remember, people said that in 2019. Yeah. Said, I can't wait for this to be over, and then we'll get to 2020. And then we have this year. People say that every year about everything, as if your problems magically go away because the calendar changed. Like, yeah. it's just silly. Uh, I think people aren't as optimistic as me because they're not seeing the dark comedy and everything. <laughs> it's like a whole bunch of you poked the bears with the guns for a long time and something's going to happen. I think that's funny. Like, <laughs> right. Listen, these little jerks that wear black and are being awful to cops and to all these other people, it's like, you see that video of a police officer just picking up the Antifa kid and walking him to the paddy wagon and tossing him? Have you seen that video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> That's great. That, I think this stuff is funny. And yeah, there's some dark times coming, but that, that, I see the dark humor in all of it. There's this uh, thing that ha- has been happening yeah. where you kind of allude to it there with like this autonomous zone construction in these cities. I did not live in a, in a country where something like that was possible. That's like going, I licked it. Now it's mine. Like, <laughs> these are little kid rules. The adults are trying to pull off and it's like, who's letting them do this? The mayor's like, we're going to go negotiate with them. It's like, that's what you have police officers for. Yeah. Get them out. You can't they're, just... supposed to, they're supposed to grab them and throw them in the back of some wagon. And yes. then we're not supposed to see them for a while. Exactly. That's what's supposed to happen. Unless they all have like the monopoly get out of jail free cards because like if they did i'd be like okay fair well well played i think there's a good advertisement about what type of people these are that do the autonomous zone when you look at the culture they build right Mm. unemployed unshaven Mm -hmm. uh i can almost like sense their aroma from here you know what i mean we've all walked through that part in la where it's just like a mix of feces urine and a lack of talent yeah, in anything. Yeah, a type of situation, yeah. Yeah, I'd say even some of those people just lost their jobs. But I think these <laughs> autonomous zones, or whatever you want to call them, it's just like, wow, you all gave up, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at, like, they have these terrible, ridiculous walls they build. It's funny, they always go to Suddenly walls. Suddenly build a wall. Yeah, yeah it's okay. immediate. These yeah. people who are, like, the ultimate free, uh, you know, supposedly free spirits. Yeah. Constant walls. They have they have no rules until the vigilante justice starts up. Yeah, and then everyone's getting shot, and eventually we get to the point where the mayor can't ignore it anymore. But this is a ridiculous thing, and it keeps repeating itself. Yeah, why? Because they're dumb. The people who run these cities are dumb. This is why I'm saying you have to just laugh at it and move out of those cities, move somewhere else, like go where they're actually going to value your tax dollars and take care of business. Like yeah. the Ghostbusters could fix this faster than these mayors. They're just so you funny. you uh, you say because they're dumb which is they're dumb this is now i I happen to be a person who's sitting in front of a mug this is andrew cuomo is awful yeah i agree and the pen that says nancy pelosi sucks so i i I appreciate your very blunt reasoning (laughs) uh, for sure um you one of the big the first big um videos that i remember seeing of you was this one where you went against fat people yep Uh, (laughs) describe the thought process going into this video um as someone who was disabled for many years uh i was just appalled at the way that people have bodies that are healthy and work and they choose to ruin them when all I ever wanted was a body that worked. Mm. So I was like, I got to wake these mother truckers up and this is how I'm going to do it. Gosh, that, that is not how that interview was spun in the media. Yeah. Uh, that the, Your video was seen as this fat shaming 
you know, extravaganza where you're just yeah. insulting fat people constantly. But yeah. that perspective is really important in that story. Well, thank you. It actually wasn't that at all. And if you go and watch the video, one, it's freaking hilarious. Like I, I rewatched it recently <laughs> like and I was like, those are good jokes. Those are solid bits. Um, and two, like it, it's just reality mixed with comedy. And that's what I did. And nobody who matters to me or that, that I see as an intellectual was offended by that video. Nobody. And I helped hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people lose weight with that video that I don't care what people who aren't going to listen to me anyway because they want to fight for their obesity yeah. said. Like, I don't care. Well, cookies are delicious, first of all. I just want to point that I out. I agree. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I said in the video, I'm jealous of the people who eat whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. But insulting people thin. Yes. This is not a normal approach, but I bet it. I mean, it, it does. Is. What do you think they do on The Biggest Loser? They stand there and they're like, come on, fatty, go faster. <laughs> Look at this jiggle. Like, this, it works. It is like shaming works, period. Like, you can shame your friends out of dating that douchebag. Yeah. It eventually will work. You can shame people out of anything. So is fat shaming even a thing? Yes. Well, no. And yes. You're saying it, you're, you're advocating for it in, yes. a, in a way. It's I, not fat shaming, though. You're saying, well, I guess you are saying it is fat shaming. Yeah, well, shame anything. But the thing about the, like, the word shame, it's like you can't shame me for something that I don't think is yeah. awesome. Or if I think it's awesome, then you can't shame me. Right. So obviously these people weren't cool with the weight or they wouldn't have cared. Right. How dare you say the thing that's true? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that the shaming thing is an interesting point. Like, I see this a lot when they talk about... Um, uh, the, are you familiar with the John Ronson book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed? Yes. Uh, it's, uh, he's great. I love John Ronson. He's a really a gr- great author. Um, but he, the book is interesting because a lot of the things, it's these regular everyday people that mm-hmm. get hit with these massive firestorms of yeah. online shaming. And, you know, their, their lives get destroyed and all these things, terrible things happen to them. And you see this a lot with, with younger kids, too, who get on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, their friends are all talking about them. And and things turn ugly. Yeah. And it's there's a weird immunity you build when you're doing this for a living. Yeah. Like, you know, you are or I am where you're on. You're saying stuff all the time. People call me, you know, Nazis and all these terrible things every day. Oh, you're a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know oh. I'm not a Nazi. Wow. But that's what people do. Right. They get online. And they think of the worst thing they've ever heard, which is racist or Nazi or whatever. Yeah. And then they apply that to you because they don't like you for some reason. Yeah. People said a lot of bad things about uh, even you yeah. uh, during this period. Um, but like, was there did you have that moment where it was like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. And, I'm, and, and you were intimidated. You were scared at all or were you just like you know what I don't care what they say I didn't care what they say it was other people putting their fears on me being like oh my god Nicole did you see this and this like uh," and I'm like so (laughs) and they're like yeah but I'm like that's just another person why do I have to put any meaning into what they're saying about yes. me. I don't care. Like, I don't even think Joy Behar is awesome. If it was someone I thought's awesome talking shit about me, then I'd yeah. be like, all right. But she's not awesome. And when the media, uh, to me, I gave up completely on cancel culture when the media went after me for a parody video I did of This Is America. Mm-hmm. And I just had the idea. I have ideas. I, I create them really fast. So from the moment I had the idea of doing a woman's version, Women in America, to when it was out was 24 hours. And I created this big music video. We recorded the song. It could have been mixed and mastered, but I was just like, yeah, just get it out. I just want to move yeah. on to the next idea. Right. Racist. Homophobe. But like the main thing was racist. That's right. racist. You took why were you racist? Glover's thing. Uh, because that's about black America and black culture. And I'm like, all right, 
Yeah, that's why I, I just showed you that was their perspective of being life in America. Now I'm saying this is women's perspective of life in America. It's not that hard of a concept to understand. For the intelligent. You're a racist. I'm like, the opening shot is a black woman. They're like, yeah, you said get a mammy ho. I'm like, uh, get a man be whole is the lyric. <laughs> like they just made things up that half of my cast was minorities. And visually you can see it. And they're like... Yeah. Oh, uh, but if it wasn't, who cares? Yeah. And just to see the press take this and like run with it and try and pretend I did some big awful thing and I'm a racist. I need to apologize for my racism because I made a parody video. I'm like, no. Nah. Uh, like eventually I, I said one thing on TMZ and I was like, yeah, that wasn't the intent or whatever. But I'm like, man, I wish I never did that. Oh, really? Oh, I, I wish I never did that. Never apologize to them in any way yeah. because it validates that what they're doing is okay and it's just stupid. Yeah, you know, I, I struggle with that one because sometimes everybody makes mistakes. Everybody yeah. does things they don't want to do. I, there's been stuff that I've done where I phrased, a, you know, something the wrong way and I, I kind of wish I, I'd said it another way. You know, yeah. it's the same way you, you look back and you think, ah, I just wanted that to be a little bit better. Yes. Not, not necessarily I wanted to change the opinion, but I, I wanted to make it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and then you get hammered for it. And it's like there's those two approaches of, of being honest and saying, look, you know, I kind of wish I kind I don't know. I wish I would have said that another way. Yeah. If you do that, you get punished for it. So the incentive structure now says, no, fight fine. it. Stand as if you've never made a mistake. You know, and then when you so you see these uh, with people online all the time, they really make mistakes. They misinterpret a statistic. They say something really misleading, yeah. but they will not back down. Yeah. Like what is what are we trying to do here? Uh, it's stupid. It stops yeah. thought. Yeah. It stops growth. You can't learn and be a human being if you're always worried you're going to be canceled if you do the wrong thing. This is why we're breeding <laughs> is like, this is what's happening is yeah. people are too scared to be people. Yeah. And innovation lies in mistakes. You know, they would have canceled the Wright brothers. They would have canceled Alexander Graham Bell. They, oh, you're a crazy person. You think you could do this? Canceled. Yeah. And we just have to say no to it and just keep going. Eventually, mm -hmm. Billboard... Months later, Billboard magazine made a list of all the best This Is America parodies. Mm -hmm. And they were all from all over the world, different people, different ways to do it. I wasn't on the list. I was the most popular video. I had the most views on it. I got, I got all the slack for it. You can't make a parody of this. This is whatever. But then they made a giant list of like the top 20, I think it was. And I was like, I was just first. I'm not apologizing. Yeah, just... Uh don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff can just roll roll off of yeah, you. Yeah, um, give it a couple days. The news cycle's quick. Yeah, let me ask you one more before we go to break. Sure. There's this, um, there's this idea when it comes to kind of cancel culture generally, mm -hmm. right? Where, um, let's say, you know, you, you say something that is offensive to somebody and you get lit up for it online. Yeah. And conservatives would come to your defense and say, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So then three weeks later, uh, a left leading comedian yes. comes out and says something that also should not lead to cancellation. Yeah. We could all acknowledge, right? There, there's two responses, two paths. You got a little uh, a road that splits there. You can go down the road and, and kind of take their standard, the unfair standard that was applied to you, yeah. and apply it to them because they deserve it. And yeah. they do deserve it because they're awful. True. Okay? Awful. Like the cup. Right? Yep. Just like the cup. Or you can say, hey, you know what? I, I, I think that standard when it was applied to me was BS. And I think, you know, whatever the left wing comedian is, they shouldn't be getting this crap either. It's bull crap. Yeah. Which way do you go? Uh, no comedians will ever cancel another comedian, period. 
There are comics who have maybe had weird run-ins with women. They have maybe said awful things. They've been drug addicts, alcoholics, whatever. I've gotten in beefs with comics, and I'll call them out personally. We'll go at it one-on-one. I still don't want them canceled. Don't let, no, like yeah. canceling is the opposite of comedy. It's the opposite of art. It's the opposite of expression. No. Well, I agree with you. But then I have people who tell me that's why we lose because mm. we won't go. We won't take those standards and apply them to them. We need to, you know, we need it needs to be. We need to salt the earth. Ah. Yeah, I don't want to kill comedy, though. Yeah. To me, it's more important uh, in a lot of ways. I think so. I, I want the rules to be completely open, and I want comics to battle back and do whatever they want to do. And I like it. I don't even have to agree with you. I'm just like, oh, I didn't like that joke, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you move on with your life. Yeah. And you have perspective. Because I'm busy. <laughs> I have things to do. I'm not building autonomous zones and, like, well, trying to recreate a society for no reason. <laughs> it could be fun, though. There's, True. I mean, it's like the camping. tourism. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have a lot to go there. I want to come back with you in just a second. Sure. We're going to Nicole Arbor, a uh, very funny person. Where, where can people find you? What's the easiest way? Uh, Twitter, I'm Nicole Arbor, same as Parlor. And then on Instagram, letter I, letter B, Nicole Arbor. That's my name. You can find me everywhere. All right. Yeah. Back in a second. Did you... Expect to offend people? Are yeah. you surprised that one hundred percent, one hundred percent? That video was made to offend people, mm -hmm. just the way I do with all the other videos. Mm -hmm. It's just satire. I'm just being silly. I'm just having a bit of fun, and that's what we did. And that topic was actually voted in by fans. Some of them who are fat, they're like, you can't make fun of some people and not make fun of me you too. Know, you know what? I'm, like, yeah. I'm a comic, so if I'm going to do a joke about a fat person, I'm going to say I'm fat first. You're not fat. That's the problem. Oh, the video before was about crazy girls, and that one was about. Well, that made your dress. Today. I'm like worried about you in this Yeah, I wanted to do a transparent interview. No, but you know, you take it on yourself first, and then maybe you can do a joke. The joke maybe you can empathize. Oh, yeah. 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 But you oh, can I do totally. that. And then you sort of hide behind this, well, it's not healthy. That's ball. And you know the it. You don't care about your health. Come on. The whole thing was a joke. It really was a ball. Like, oh, the whole thing was a joke, and I make fun of myself all the time. Like, I know that I look like side chick Barbie. I realize this, and I make jokes about it all the time. <laughs> I will tell you, as a fat person, Nicole, yes. um, I, uh, I do it just to be healthy. Yes. So that's, uh, that's the lesson I learned. You enjoy. You're, you're the yeah. same on that. I happen to watch that clip. Uh, I don't know if I've ever watched that clip, actually. What's it like? What's it like being on The View and that's, ha that's happening to you? Uh, those rabid hyenas, man. <laughs> those bitches. They're just like, they're the worst people you've ever been around in your life altogether. And when you sit there and you feel that energy and you're like, oh, you guys suck. Like, your life must be the worst. You just kind of got to laugh it off. It's weird, though. You're on national television. And yeah. next time you come back, you have to talk to Glenn about his experience on The View. We talked about oh, it. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good, good. The, the, what is the podcast coming out? It's this week or next week, I think, I right? think so, Okay, yeah. so make sure you check that out. It's on Glenn Beck's podcast. Spent like an hour or more with you right yeah uh, very cool you gotta make sure you got like, a conversation um but like here you are y you're a comedian y mm -hmm. your job is to get people to watch you and pay attention to the stuff you're doing you want to yeah. entertain people right and here you are on the view and you're sitting around multiple people who are basically just lying about you to your face yes how, how do you deal with that laugh in their face <laughs> that, that's all i did i'm like i'm gonna laugh i'm gonna smile i'm gonna stay chill because they're Ridiculous. Yeah. They're just so ridiculous. And anyone who actually looks up to these women is stupid. I keep going back yeah. to like dumb, stupid, but like that's what it is at this point. <laughs> like you can't take them seriously. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's this pushback against that type of stuff. Yeah. 
I'm, I, I, I don't know if it's like because I want it to be true or if it's actually true. I think it's true. It is. Yeah, okay, those so, jackals. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. It is because... There becomes a point where back in the day, like, you know, people revolted against what their parents liked and what their parents watched on TV. Yeah. Um, and they revolted against the man, the person with the power, the, the, all, the you know, the entire inst- all these institutions. It was that was the cool thing to do. Yeah. Now we're at the point where, I mean, all of this stuff is controlled by the left. Yeah. All of the stuff in the media and entertainment is controlled by the left. And we're supposed to somehow believe that all the counterculture people are also on the left. And I feel like that's not not it's not real. It can't be real. Yeah. Just by, you know, definition. Science. Yeah. 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 It's just no, it's all the, the no, they are the man. Mm-hmm. They are the machine. And anything that comes out of them has been filtered through 17 other touch points to make sure that that opinion is exactly the opinion of their boss. Mm-hmm. It's not even theirs anymore. So it's just it's just not real art. It's not real hosts. It's not real people or real opinions. And I'm just out of it. Like, I saw them in The View before we did the segment. Another segment, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to say this. So what are you going to say? Okay, you have to go the opposite to that. And it's just mm. like a fake debate show. It's just, it's just silly. Who wants that? Nobody. Bitty hens who want to just cackle <laughs> at the TV. Like, I feel like all your comments about The View are just you're talking about Joy Behar. Is that uh, true? How accurate no, is that? No, like all of them. Okay. Like, it really yeah. did feel like a filthy hyena den mm. when I think of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, back to an aroma. It just feels like uh, uh, like warm bread that was thrown in feces is what The View smells like. <laughs> Sorry. That's a that's a good air. Do you mind if I make that air freshener? It's a, it will say the view on it, and it will be a smell of warm bread with feces. Yes, just mm. make it look like feces, but it's warm. <laughs> it smells like warm bread. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so, as someone who's uh, when you do a lot of stuff online, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, someone who's relating very closely to the stand-up com- uh, comedy world as well. Yeah. The last year has been crazy. Awesome. Uh, the entire see, I don't think awesome is how I would describe it. I think it's awesome. Uh, everyone had to pivot. It's a yeah. level playing field. Like I have friends who are doing stand-up for smaller shows, and now their videos are going viral, and they're blowing up finally, and they deserve yeah. it. But you know, just doing stand-up wasn't doing it for them. And I think all the best comics are just popping, 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 because you have a, a captive audience, literally on lockdown, yeah. and everyone's watching the internet. You're way too optimistic for the show. I, I'm optimistic in general. That's yeah. good. That's good. Um, is it because now we have what a lot something a lot closer to a free market? Yeah, where people can find whatever material they want and and go after it. And, share and it. The good if, people win. Good people win. If you build it, they will come. I've heard this somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah it, all the best comics I think are just popping off and just going. And even like Andrew Schultz, I loved seeing him making fun of Netflix, and then he has like a four part Netflix special now, yeah. and he's like, oh, my bad guys. Yeah. But like, even the big networks had to come around and grab him even though he's talking shit about them yeah. because that's who people are watching. So I think the, the playing field got leveled. I think, and I think that's good. I, you know, I, I feel like we sometimes spend too much time talking about like what CNN said about something or what MSNBC said about something. I say this all the time. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, they're dorks. Yeah. Oh, what, why are you going to the dorkiest person in the class and asking them what they think about you and your shit? Yeah. What are you doing? Who cares? Yeah, as a, as a very nerdy show, I mean, we, we appreciate the dorks of the world. Yes. However, you're right. It's like, you know... We, we allow culture to be defined by responding. Yes. Right? And that goes back to the same thing you were talking about with cancel culture. Yeah. Right? Like the, the people who, des- who respond are the people who elevate these situations into national controversies, and then they define the culture for others. Yeah. We should just start ghosting yeah. the media. You know, like just like if you're in a crappy relationship or like you're just emotionally immature, just ghost them. And 
not, they have no clicks. They have nothing to go off. If nobody's responding, they don't have anything. I think we should ghost them. Yeah. This is my theory. Every once in a while that, that someone tries it. Yeah. And I feel like it largely works. Like you have a, people are, are starve it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People are too uh, in their own world. You know, like we, you know, as uh, you know, I do a show with Glenn every day, and and we have these moments where you know, you, it's almost always Glenn that says <laughs> something terrible and stupid and horrible, uh, and it goes viral. It becomes this controversy, and there's always this temptation by somebody in the building, yeah. in the cor- in the company, to respond, to put out a statement, to explain ourselves to the New York Times or whatever. What good ever comes of this? I just I don't want to make this hand gesture at you, but I need to make it but it's like there you go new york times there you go like I don't know. how do you put that on record though i mean how does the new york you do times this you, may, you make a, a, a what are they called um, a boomerang and be like hey new york times here's our response <laughs> that's what you get like that's that's what we and you know what maybe you guys should swing back sometimes it's kind of fun to, you don't yeah. have to apologize but swing back oh yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's the right thing what we usually do right is come back on the show our freaking show and talk about it the way we want to do it. Yeah. And our audience hears it. And the people who are judging it from the outside, they're starved. They'll pull their quotes from the show or whatever, but whatever. Like it's start a rap battle. Do it. Make it a beef. Get in there. This is the thing we've missed. Yeah. have not put nearly enough rap in our responses. I agree. You Mm -hmm. should think of, you know, the big rap battles and the big beefs and the hip hop beefs. And like, if they're against you, they're, you know, if they're the biggie to your pock or whatever, like, Get in there. <laughs> How do you yeah. feel uh, about, um, as we're going off of the comedy thing, to the, the, the way the cities have been shut down and, and the country's been shut down at times yeah. uh, with the coronavirus stuff? I mean, look, you know, no, one, no one's liked that. Uh, how do you, is it, has it crushed small businesses the way they Yeah, say? 100%. Yeah. It's, uh, it actually breaks my heart watching these small businesses go down. And if people don't stand up now, there's not going to be anything left to stand up for. So... Put a line in the sand and decide who you are. I don't care what your politics are, actually. Mm-hmm. Everyone should agree that these small businesses need to open. Science does not back them staying closed. I was on a flight here a couple days ago, sitting beside a stranger, surrounded by strangers. Use, use your heads, guys. They can't just pick and choose and make these rules that are going to sink you. Uh, it's your fault at this point if you don't open your business. Yeah. So, in, yeah. In some ways, I've kind of thought of uh, what people should almost take from this is you need to be in a place that has a sensible structure. Yes. Like Texas, I would say, has had largely, not always, but largely a sensible structure through this. Yeah. It's, there's been some restrictions here and there, large gatherings and stuff like that. But like, you know, I don't, it doesn't feel shut down here. People say we have this big battle about shutdowns. Texas doesn't feel shut down. It doesn't feel shut down. And there's and the numbers have been just as, you know, I mean, there's been obviously terrible things that have happened, but they haven't been worse than New York, New York. That's for sure. My mom has been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, my mom is like, oh, Texas has big numbers. You're going to Texas. And I'm like, yeah, they got big numbers of herpes, too, mom. Like, <laughs> I just. We have to just be rational human beings. Is COVID a thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you maybe going to get it? Yes. Can you, you know, wear a mask or precautions, wash your hands, do your things? Yes. That's kind of all you can do. Worrying actually isn't um, a prescription. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't resolve anything. So there's no reason to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think the lockdowns are just super hyper worry. 
and it's dumb. Yeah, and so you're, I would assume, not for the mandates. Uh, no, no, all no. Those things. What about the vaccine? Uh, uh, you go first. I, I now <laughs> literally, I am. I am, <laughs> I am out of the, uh, I think, the conservative realm here. In okay. that, like, I'm showing up for whatever needle they give me. Okay. I'm, I'm in. I'm in line day one. Most people are are not on the conservative side, but yeah. I feel like. Part, do you see it this way at all, though? Here you have a bunch of evil corporations, Ooh. evil uh, pharmaceutical companies, Ooh. the evil Trump administration, uh, all yeah. working together to to create a miracle. I mean, yeah. I, to the point that the, the media six months ago was saying, oh, Trump's a liar. It'll be a miracle if they get it out this year. They get the vaccine out this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really is, in, assuming it works, is something <laughs> that is a pretty amazing triumph. It's maybe it's just sugar water. Yeah, right. we, we don't know. Right. You yeah. know? Uh, <laughs> I, always taste your vaccines before you take them. That's I, one as well. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you in that that does seem like with all these people that should be bashing, they're working together on this. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I also have been part of trials for different drugs and things like that. Mm. And it's not fun. I don't want to do it. I, I just, great. It doesn't. <laughs> I've seen I was hallucinating. I saw a freaking dragon one time in H&M. So uh, that sounds awesome. I don't know why. It was a scary dragon. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, like, I wasn't in control of this dragon. Mm-hmm. It was not my Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've just, like, I've seen too much with drugs and things like that that I just, I want to wait a little bit. It's like, okay, you guys go first. Let me know how yeah, so it works out. I think that, you know, polls are polls. But poll, the yeah. polls show something like 30 or 40% of people are like, I'm, you know, I'm in day one. Whatever Bill Gates wants to stick to in my arm, I'm in. That's me. Then there's another group of people, 30, 40%, that are like, let me wait a month or two just to see if people start exploding. Uh, is that where you are? Or are you in the, I'm going to, I really just don't want to take it? Because I think that there's a lot of people in that group, too. I'm, I don't take the flu shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I already had corona back in March. I want to get the antibodies test. Okay, yeah. And I had it, too. So I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a survivor. Oh, oh my God. That's That's, like, yeah. You should get a shirt. I have a ribbon. Yeah. I have a You're ribbon. a survivor. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily want to take it right now. Yeah. Maybe in a few months if everything's <laughs> going see. good. That's not a crazy idea. Yeah. Let me see what happens first. Let them get rid of uh, all the healthcare workers and old people that they give it to first. Then yeah, I'll see how that's going. Yeah, does that seem that smart to you? It's like, let's give it to all the people we need the most. Yes. And if something goes wrong, they're gone. And right. we're Like, no one thought this through. I know. That is a really weird part because I understand the thought behind it. But first of all, most of the healthcare workers are not particularly vulnerable to it. Yeah. So if it does work, you're protecting a lot of people who probably wouldn't, you know, die anyway or have Mm -hmm. the worst effects. And then, you know, older people who are really affected by this might be behind the healthcare workers, which doesn't seem to make sense to me exactly. None of it. It's not very sciencey. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I just this is where the funny comes from, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's gone crazy. Yeah. Just go with it. It is. It's uh, it's a dark comedy world. Uh, yeah. I think in the, at this point, comedian, social media genius, all around amazing person, Nicole Arbor. Thanks so much for coming on the program. This is great. Thanks for having me, and that was such a nice exit. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I I did my best. Here's your twenty bucks. Thanks. <laughs> Back in a second. I'll tell you what I'm going to do with the 20 bucks I just got from Nicole Arbor. I'm going to immediately put it on my GlintPay card. Now, GlintPay is a company where you could actually buy real gold. Uh, and you go buy it, and they, uh, this, is, this sounds like a scam, I'll say, Nicole, where they, they, buy, they buy gold for you, and they hold it in a vault in Switzerland. Hmm. And you're like, well, what if they just take all the gold? 
That's not what they do, luckily. You have access to it every time uh, you want it. You can pay for a Slurpee or something much more healthy, as Nicole would probably recommend, uh, at, with gold at a convenience store, wherever you are. Uh, it's it's kind of a way to put yourself on your own, on your own gold standard. Think of it as, you know, we're talking about COVID, all the money they're spending, trillions and trillions of dollars. The value of the dollar, who knows what's going to happen to it. Gold is a, is a great idea for an investment as part of, uh, you know, your portfolio or whatever. But you've never been able to access it. You can't go in and just throw gold coins at the person behind the 7-Eleven desk. It just doesn't work out. With the Glint Pay card, you can. It's great. Glintpay.com slash stew. Glintpay.com slash stew. Make sure the, uh, sl- you use the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Glintpay.com slash stew. Interesting thing if you're a baseball fan uh, or a sports fan uh, with Major League Baseball this week where they added the Negro Leagues into the kind of coalition of major leagues. You know, you think of Major League Baseball as one league. Wilson always liked that. Back in the 60s, they went through a process to add a bunch of the old-timey leagues and count them as major leagues uh, and just kind of expand the records. Well, they, they added the Negro Leagues uh, finally uh, this year, and just this week they've talked about it. Back in the 60s, I think, when they added all the other leagues, they, there was a little issue with some racism. At least that's what they uh, – I, I haven't looked into that, honestly. I don't know what the reasoning was. It's interesting, though, now because they want to add this into uh, the statistics. So, like, the best, the all-time record for batting average was 440, Hugh Duffy, in, in 1894. Ted Williams, of course, 406 in 1941. Well, Josh Gibson hit 441 in 1943, and Artie Wilson hit 431 in 1948. So they're going to have to update all these records if this is the way they go. It's a really interesting thing that's going to be going on over the next uh, few months. Back in a second. Intermittent fasting. Mm, Have you heard of it? Yes, it seems like it's something you may want to try. You can lose weight quickly if you stick to Fast Blast. Fastblast.com slash blaze is the place to go. They've got great uh, smoothies. Uh, We're talking about uh, intermittent fasting. It helps you helps you get through the tougher times when it comes to intermittent fasting. It's not always easy. These things, whatever's worth it, it's not going to be easy. But I will say, when you're going to diet, at least you're going to see some results. Uh, fasting is a, is a way to get results quickly. And uh, if you go and, and you go to fastblast.com slash blaze, you can get these smoothies. You can use their app. It's called Fasten, F-A-S-T-E-N. Uh, and it helps you go through, understand the process of intermittent fasting, how it can help you lose weight, how it can change your metabolism, how it can be a long-term process. You know, I was listening to Rob Lowe, the one and only Rob Lowe, and he said this is how he does it with intermittent fasting. And he has been the sexy guy on every show since like 1897. Fastblast.com slash blaze. Get started today with Fastblast for a, for a healthier and smaller you. It's fastblast.com slash blaze. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say something controversial. Uh, COVID-19 sucks. Not a fan of it in any way. Um, you know, 3,400 people a day, uh, you know, that daily pace would make it the number one cause of death in America. In fact, that's about the, co- the, the size of all heart disease deaths plus deaths from all cancers combined. That is that rate. It's a scary thing, and we think it sucks. But on the other hand, we also have to, if we have to think about what things like lockdowns do to our society as well. There's costs and benefits to all of these policies. There's always trade-offs. Drew Holden is with us, and he wrote a really uh, thoughtful piece, I thought, in the New York Times. Yes, the New York Times. Uh, what has the lockdown done to us? Drew is here with us. Drew, thanks for coming on the program. 
Stu, pleasure's mine, sir. Appreciate you having me back. I want to have like two or three segments later to explain how you got this in the New York Times, but that's a whole other <laughs> a whole other show. Uh, you may you really make a good case here on making sure we're thinking about all sides of this. So, what has the lockdown done to us? So, you know, I think we talk a lot, obviously, about the enormous damage that's been suffered as a result of the coronavirus. But you're right. We don't talk all that much about all of the consequences that come as a result just of lockdowns. So a few things that jump out to mind. When we first locked everything down, one of the kind of unforgotten groups were people who were dealing with addiction. We saw almost a 20 percent spike in the rate of addiction overdose deaths that happened immediately after the lockdown began, just in those first couple of weeks. Mental health is another enormous concern. There was a a survey that was done that found that in the span of about 30 days, one in four, fully 25% of young people, people 18 to 25, had reported seriously considering suicide. We're already starting to see, unfortunately, some increases in suicide deaths, uh, particularly around youth suicides. And all of this, you know, unfortunately, one of the big problems is we knew some of these sorts of things would happen going into it. You know, there's been some really compelling research that things like loneliness are actually as damaging medically as smoking or um, diabetes. These are enormous problems that we had going into all of this, and unfortunately, they've been borne out these last couple of months. Yeah, I mean, I've seen this personally with people in my own life who have had real sure. struggles with with mental health issues as we've gone through the coronavirus uh, situation. And, you know, these are not normal circumstances that human beings are built for. Um, That's right. You know, you, uh, you talk about, um, one thing that hit me uh, in your piece was talking about how the costs of the lockdown have not been evenly borne. I can say, like right. doing this show every day, I've been coming into work every day since March. Uh, I've been sure. doing a show in a studio in Texas. We were shut down for about six weeks in, in mm-hmm. March and April. And since sure. then, it's been relatively open. We've been able to go out to have dinner out and and all these things. Um, I work in a subscription video business, which is done very yeah. well in the middle of this. I, I- believe that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so like uh, it's been hard to connect at times with all the tough times that people are going through it. And we've almost created sort of this split society. That's right. And, you know, Stu, I think one of the things that, that I struggle a lot with is part of the problem is that the when someone dies from coronavirus, for the most part, right, not all the time, but for the most part, it's pretty uncomplicated. All of society can look at those numbers and say, wow, there are 300,000 people who have died, who didn't necessarily need to, right? Mm-hmm. And so those ones are the source of the smiling faces that you can put in a graphic at the end of the day on nightly news. A lot of the harm that we're seeing that's suffered by people who are impacted disproportionately by the lockdown, those aren't those same things. It's job losses. It's overdose deaths. It's people who struggle with mental health. Then it bubbles up to become a crisis as a result of this lockdown that's going on. And a lot of these sorts of consequences, these deaths, they get pushed to the back of our public consciousness. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that's annoyed me during this entire time is the inability of us to actually talk about this in a rational way, yeah. like I think you did in your piece, you know, like you kind of have some of the conversation is like, oh, well, this is absolutely nothing and it's just government hype and all of this stuff. And on the other yeah. side, you have th- this this idea that you can't even bring these things up. You can't even talk about the cost of the economy. You're, you're just want to kill right. grandma. If you, you know, all of these things are just exactly. so over the top and it makes it impossible to, to land on something rational. 
That's right. You know, and Stu, I think part of it, too, is there have unfortunately been a lot of conservatives who have said none of this matters. There is no point to doing any of this. And so it, it's it's hard to meet in the middle when you have, unfortunately, people in, on both sides, I think, acting in a degree of bad faith. But that's right. You know, we've got we, we're looking at this. A lot of people are at least as as a remedy, as a way that we are going to be able to help solve these problems that otherwise would have enormous runaway consequences. And when you can't really start to zero in on what some of those specific consequences are and what the attendant costs and problems are, you can't possibly land on a reasonable solution. Yeah. Uh, you write in the uh, piece in, in the New York Times, by the way, it, it's a uh called what have uh, what has lockdowns done to us we'll tweet it out from at Stu does America uh, as well of course uh, drew has it I'm sure posted on his feed as well uh, he's, you write research suggests to mitigate negative side effects lockdowns should be well communicated and as short as possible this seems right. really common sense you know and you can make this case okay New York in March like, yes yep. they needed yep. probably something that extreme Wyoming in July probably not. Exactly. And that's that's part of it. Right. When, you know, we talk, unfortunately, at length about the role that Trump had or didn't have and mm-hmm. how all of this played out. But at the end of the day, what you really have are 50 separate state responses, 51 when you think about D.C. And all of those individual responses are responding to different situations on the ground that are meaningfully different in a lot of cases. Uh, and so we do need to take that into account. And one of the other points within that that I think is really important is appearances matter in this. Right. If you've got people who are sitting at home all day, who have lost their job, who have seen their savings disappear, who have seen a restaurant or a business that they've built for generations close its doors, things like hypocrisy stick out really, really badly. Mm -hmm. And so it might seem like a little thing when you have like de Blasio going to the gym, right, or Cuomo saying that, ah, you know, we're still going to get together with the family for Thanksgiving. But those have enormous downstream consequences, both to people's trust in the lockdown and whether it matters at all. And two, to individuals' mental health who are struggling and suffering through all of this. Yeah, it looks like Gavin Newsom might get himself uh, uh, recalled because of his little dinner jaunt uh, the other week. Um, Before we go, we've got about 45 seconds here. Uh, What has the reaction been to the piece? I mean, you know, I think it should be something that is pretty common sense, and and you made a really good case on it. Has there been a, a pushback? You know, it's interesting. I um, I got pushback in a couple of ways I hadn't really expected. I got some pushback from the conservative camp for conceding the premise mm-hmm. by saying that lockdowns matter at all, which mm-hmm. surprised me. I wasn't I honestly wasn't expecting it. Um, and then from the other side of the political aisle, there there was a few a smattering of people who were saying, well, this kid doesn't take it seriously enough. He's you know, he's not an, actually worried about all these things. He's 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 finding facts to fit a narrative. But on the whole, I was actually surprised for a, a piece for me. It, it received a lot less criticism than they usually do. <laughs> well, that's always good. Uh, the New York yeah. Times uh, have published it. It's uh, what have lockdowns done to us? Uh, Drew Holden. Uh, make sure you follow him uh, on uh, Twitter and wherever Drew writes stuff. It's always worth it. Drew, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Pleasure's mine. All right. Back in a second. All right. Talk about uh, your home. Talk about buying or selling a home. In a time like this, you're going to have to have the best real estate agent you can find. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to find the person. Think about when you're selling a house and like maybe there's something wrong with it. Maybe you need someone to help stage the house. Maybe you need something, someone to paint it or someone to repair a roof. You need to have someone who's connected to the community to find the right agent. 
Uh, that's what realestateagentsitrust.com does. They find the best agents that are connected to the community, that have the best results, and they're screened before you have to deal with them. So you don't get that annoying guy with like the really bad breath who's a close talker. You don't get that guy so you're trying to sell your house because that doesn't work very well. Realestateagentsitrust.com, the name says it all. Get more information if you're an agent and you want to join or if you are a person trying to sell your house or buy a new one. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Okay, you're looking for a last-second Christmas gift. I don't know if we can get you stuff by Christmas, but here's what you do. Uh, here, put the picture of the Nancy Pelosi mug up. Do we have that? The Nancy Pelosi uh, sucks mug is available now at studosmerch.com. There it is. If you go to the website, you just take a screenshot of that, blow it up big, print it out, and then put it in a card and say, do you believe these jerks over at the Blaze? They couldn't get this to me on time, but it's on the way. I will totally vouch for you. I'll tell you, we screwed it up. We broke all the mugs in shipping or whatever. We'll just blame it on us. We've got the Chris Cuomo is worse and Andrew Cuomo is awful. I guess if we reverse, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Chris Cuomo is worse. We've got uh, one of our best sellers coming out of quarantine. Sorry, can't make it. Self-quarantined. We've got uh, Notorious ACB. Some people not so thrilled with her at the moment, but I, I think that one's going to pay off long term. Uh, senility now. Yeah, if you got to deal with Joe Biden, might as well have the Senility Now t-shirt. That's available now at studosmerch.com. And for Christmas, Santifa Claus uh, as well. That is available. Uh, let me give you a quick uh, couple of reviews here. Uh, thank you, Stu, for introducing the greatest podcast of all time into my life. No, not yours, of course. I'm talking about Office Ladies, which is much better than the show, of course. Uh, your podcast is great, too. Five freaking stars. Uh, it's great. Whatever. I'll trade you five stars for a Gretchen Whitmer, the Wicked Witch of the Midwest t-shirt or mug. <laughs> <laughs> five freaking stars. Stupid show. I love the stupid show. And five stars is the only appropriate number of stars. Taking the lefty loonies down with logic. I love it. Ah, five freaking stars. Have a five-star Christmas. We'll see you next year.